This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejo and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint Jackson podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. Letter to the San Francisco Examiner. July 31st, 1969. Dear Editor, I am the killer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman, plus the girl last 4th of July. To prove this, I shall state some facts which only I, plus the police, know. Christmas. 1. Brand name of ammo, Super X. 2. 10 shots fired. 3. Boy was on his back with feet to car. 4. Girl was lying on right side. Feet to west. 4th July. One girl was wearing patterned pants. 2. Boy was also shot in knee. 3. Ammo was made by Western. Here is a cipher that is part of one. The other two parts are being mailed to the Vallejo Times plus SF Chronicle. I want you to print this cipher on the front page by Fry Afternoon, Aug 169. If you do not print this cipher, I will go on a kill rampage. Fry Night. This will last the whole weekend. I will cruise around killing people who are alone at night until Sunday night, or until I kill a dozen people. The cipher... Translated by the Hardens of Salinas. Betty Harden is credited with finding the original crib. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest. Because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it, they... When I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and all they have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or atop my collectiog of slaves for my afterlife. E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H-P-I-T-I August 4th, 1969. Letter to the San Francisco Examiner. Found to be written on Woolworth's Fifth Avenue brand paper. There were fingerprints on the last two pages. Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. In answer to your asking for more details about the good times I have had in Vallejo, I shall be very happy to supply even more material. By the way... Are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. On the 4th of July, I did not open the car door. The window was rolled down already. The boy was originally sitting in the front seat when I began firing. When I fired the first shot at his head, he leaped backward at the same time, thus spoiling my aim. He ended up on the back seat 
than the floor in back, thrashing out very violently with his legs. That's how I shot him in the knee. I did not leave the scene of the killing with squealing tires plus racing engine, as described in the Vallejo paper. I drove away quiet, slowly, so as not to draw attention to my car. The man who told the police my car was brown was a Negro about 40 to 45, rather shabby dressed. I was at this phone booth having some fun with the Vallejo cops when he was walking by. When I hung the phone up, the damn thing began to ring, and that drew his attention to me and my car. Last Christmas, in that episode, the police were wondering as to how I could shoot and hit my victims in the dark. They did not openly state this, but implied this by saying it was a well-lit night, plus I could see the silhouettes on the horizon. Bullshit, that area is surrounded by high hills plus trees. What I did was tape a small pencil flashlight to the barrel of my gun. If you notice in the center of the beam of light, if you aim it at a wall or ceiling, you will see a black or dark spot in the center of the circle of light about three to five inches across. When taped to a gun barrel, the bullet will strike exactly in the center of the black dot in the light. All I had to do was spray them as if it was a water hose. There was no need to use the gun sights. I was not happy to see that I did not get front page coverage. These two letters directly reference both the murders of Faraday and Jensen and Maggio and Farron. But they don't go beyond that. They're literal accountings as if the killer is trying to prove that he is the killer. And as we go on and are seeing more and more letters from Zodiac, what we quickly discover is that he goes beyond simply recounting details, sometimes making claims that are likely not true. Zodiac's most dangerous statement in any of the letters, of course, comes at the end of the very first letter. I will go on a kill rampage fry night. This will last the whole weekend. I will cruise around killing people who are alone at night until Sunday night or until I kill a dozen people. A direct and terrifying threat. And of course, he includes the cipher afterwards. These letters have been endlessly examined by people far smarter than I will ever be. They are riddled with spelling mistakes, even the ciphers. Forest with two R's. Danger is spelled D-A-N-G-E-R-O-U-E. Animal spelled A-N-A-M-A-L. Fry is in Friday, spelled F-R-Y. Front spelled F-R-U-N-T. The use of plus in place of and. 
the writing in particular is very strange. If you look at it closely, it appears both hasty and contrived. Some words such as answer, way, anything that ends in ing, it seems that they're very quick, as if he's uninterested in them. The D's are very distinctive. Almost as if they are a slash with a small bump. But what's fascinating is some words and particular letters are overemphasized. O's in particular B's. It's an interesting issue figuring out if the formation of the letters and words themselves show any sort of mindset. For example, Christmas. He always spells C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S-S. Literally, Christ Mass. The spelling of silhouettes. But not only that, he spells it in a way as he writes it where it is obvious that he is not certain of its spelling and seems to just quickly jot down something that he thinks is how it might be spelled. Which is a technique a lot of people use. The interesting thing about these two letters in particular, and of course the cipher, is how different each of them are in tone than the other letters that he would receive later, they would send later. By September, when he is writing about the Lake Berryessa attack, he does it on a car door, leaving his mark at the scene. When writing about Paul Stein, he's much more taunting. The interesting thing here, I think, is he is almost begging the police to take him out. By the way, are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. The ciphers, there's so much to say. The Hardens cracked it. And I believe an analysis was run not too long ago, saying that their, that their solution was nearly impossible to be incorrect for the character set that was given. Even with the extra letters at the end, I believe there are 17. One, two, three, four. 18 letters. Why? Why the extra letters? Theories range from, well, it's obviously an 18-character set and that each position in 18 uh, 
Those letters represent a crib of some sort. They are each the starting point for their letter set, which is fairly interesting. It's a nice theory. It doesn't really work out. Some say it's an anagram. I don't buy that either because there are so many repeated letters. Five E's alone. Which, out of 18 letters, really does skew the statistical distributions. But anything is possible, I guess. Some say that the solution to later ciphers is contained in those 18 letters. That's highly possible. Some say that the spelling mistakes are actually intentional. I don't think so. I think this is a poorly educated man writing a letter while still coming down from something of a high. The letters solidified Zodiac as not only a name, but as a push. Zodiac was inserting himself into these murders. As we've seen from serial killers around the world, most attempt to distance themselves from their murders. The really dangerous ones are the ones who fully want recognition from them. And this seems to be what this is. Now, there are questions of the authenticity. Why letters here and not with at the time of the first murders? It's a fair question. There are theories, of course, that Zodiac itself, the entire thing is a hoax. I doubt that, honestly. For a number of reasons, though the call that the Zodiac letters were written by a police officer or perhaps a journalist, it's possible. One of the reasons why I think it's possible is there's little information here that would not have been known to the police. And anything a, poli a police officer knows, a journalist can find out pretty quick. Even when he says, I drove away quite slowly, well... That would be obvious if it were the cops attempting to bring light to this, saying, I drove away quite slowly, makes this a character who is far more important to stop because they are calculating. But I think they're legit. And I think part of the reason I think that has to do with what we see written on the car door at the Lake Berryessa crime scene. Of course, the letter that came with the piece of Paul Stein's shirt. When I start going into Shepard Hartnell on the next episode, 
I'm going to examine how the letters that follow reflect back on these first two. How the message on the car door frames the entire concept of the Zodiac murders. I'm going to examine the divergence of the post-murder lives of Brian Hartnell and Michael Maggio. How they both went in very, very different directions. I'm going to look at, of course, the victims. Why some believe that the Shepard Hartnell murders may not have been Zodiac at, at all, but a copycat making use of the Zodiac imagery. Something that is an interesting concept to me. But that's also going to be where I start looking at the times in which they were living. The Bay Area in the 1960s is a fascinating story that's been told hundreds of times. America in the 1960s is a fascinating story. Maggio Farron took place before Woodstock, and more importantly, before the Manson murders. Shepard Hartnell took place after Woodstock and after the Manson murders. The world had changed. And I'm going to examine how that affected the case, how that affected the coverage, and oddly enough, how it affected a generation of suspects. But again, Zodiac speaking is about the victims, first and foremost. Thanks for listening to Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. We'll be back with our first episode of Cecilia Shepard and Brian Hartnell around August 1st. <laughs>